Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. 
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert Monday through Thursday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, and Fridays at 10.30 p.m. Pacific on Ground Zero Dot Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Facebook as well. We don't have any other social media pages, just Twitter and Facebook. And if you'd like to listen to the show after it airs, or if you missed an episode or a little bit of an episode, you can listen on our website for free or anywhere else you listen to radio shows and podcasts. Just type in The Secret Teachings. The way that works is there are advertisements played. We make a little bit of money off that. So if you don't like those advertisements, you can subscribe to the ad-free show at thesecretteachings.info for our archive, montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. Your support keeps us on air. Looking into our 2022 archive, I found that other than Antichrist shows and demon shows and shows on the apocalypse and the end of the world and things like that, the number two category for shows and topics were health. And I mean that in a lot of ways. Health could mean a lot of things to a lot of people. So a lot of the shows we did with Don Lester and David Parker, authors of What Really Makes You Ill, where they provide you with mainline medical and scientific acknowledgement, information that tends to contradict other mainline medical and scientific information and show you that a lot of the diseases and the things we suffer from are actually caused by lifestyle choices and decisions that we make. And a lot of us don't want to admit that because that means we have to take, well, personal responsibility. So looking back at some of the shows we did last year on health, that's what I mean by health, which also includes anything on vaccinations, anything on COVID-19 and diseases in general. Those were the most popular shows last year outside of our Antichrist, end of the world, apocalypse, demonic, type shows and things like that. So a new weight loss drug has been approved just in time for the new year resolutions that a lot of people get into, you know, the new year resolutions that, uh, well, it's everything from saving money to not spending as much time on social media, which is a new thing to the classics like losing weight and exercising and eating healthy. Well, thank God that a new weight loss drug has been approved. NBC news is reporting this new weight loss drug could become the best-selling drug of all time. The drug is called terezepatide. Terezepatide. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Terzepatide. Maybe it's terzepatide. Terzepatide. T-I-R-Z-E-P-A-T-I-D-E. Terzepatide. It's a new drug that experts are confident will be granted approval by the FDA sometime this year. If that's the case, it would join two other very popular and very expensive drugs approved for the weight loss market. One is Wagavi, and the other is Saxinda, both from the drug maker Nova Nordisk. They estimate that terzepatide could hit a record $48 billion a year, according to an estimate from the Bank of America analysis. Another Wall Street analysis estimated the drug would reach a little bit less than that, somewhere around $25 billion in annual sales. That's a lot of money, don't you think? A lot of money for a weight loss drug. Does it work, though? Do you actually lose weight on it? 
I mean, there are a lot of things that might help you lose weight. I mean, the keto diet helps people lose weight, but all you're losing is water weight. It's the same kind of a thing like, you know when people tell you to eat chicken soup when you don't feel good? Chicken noodle soup. There's a reason for that. Because chicken noodle soup used to be made with like the bones, uh, the vegetables and scraps, and they make the, you know, make the broth out of that. And you get the scraps of the chicken, you put noodles in it, you put seasonings in it, and there's a lot of nutrients, a lot of vitamins and minerals in that. If you're just grabbing a can of Campbell's, I'm not saying that there can't be nutritional value to it, but the nutritional value of a Campbell's can of chicken noodle soup compared to something homemade, it's not in the same ballpark. It's not in the same kitchen. But it's still chicken noodle soup. So it's a traditional thing we do. Does it actually make us healthier or better? Maybe we feel better. Maybe it's a placebo. At least it's something warm that we're, we're eating. But it's kind of like that with weight loss. It's kind of like that with diets and exercise, right? Like keto can help you lose weight, but what kind of weight are you losing? Are you losing the visceral fat around your stomach, the fat around your arteries, your heart, etc.? Or are you losing water weight? You know, I mean, you can lose weight. It's like the idea of losing weight by smoking cigarettes. Are you actually losing weight or are you just eating less? And that's why when people stop smoking, they tend to gain weight. It's not that cigarettes helped you lose weight. It's that they suppressed your appetite. So you're not eating as much. There's always a variable or several variables. And although things are certainly not as complex as drug companies and the media and universities etc. make it, things are pretty simple to understand. Pretty simple to understand. In fact, let's take a look at this article from the USA Today. The USA Today started out yesterday, the Newsweek, the first major article from the USA Today for the first week of news in 2023 was a report about gun crime in the United States. Of course, that's the narrative. It says a record number of American kids were injured or killed by gunfire in 2022. That sounds horrific. Can they prove that? Sure, they can prove that. Since 2022, up until the end of the year, more than 6,000 children and teens were injured or killed in shootings, according to the nonprofit Gun Violence Archive. That's the most in a single year since the database began tracking How many years ago? Well, just nine years ago. So if you go back further than nine years, can you find more children, more teenagers killed or injured in gunfire? I didn't do the research because it's not the part of tonight's show. It doesn't really have much to do with tonight's show, but I'd imagine that you can. So context matters a lot here. But they say 6,000 children and teens. Now, if you look into the details of that, doesn't take very long to figure it out to find out that most of those gun crimes are in major cities. Uh, places like New York City, places like Washington, D.C., places like Orlando, I believe Oklahoma City, Phoenix. These are all places with some of the highest gun violence. Now, why is that? Is it because in those places which range from conservative to liberal states, we go from Michigan, which has three 
orange dots to New York, which has one. Washington has three. Florida and, well, Arizona, they say, isn't a red state anymore. So I guess it's a blue state. So you have red and blue states. The one thing you might notice is if you look at states that are red or blue, it doesn't really matter. You look at the cities, you're looking at Washington, D.C., which is blue, New York City, which is blue, Orlando, which is blue, Phoenix, which is blue. I'm not too sure about Oklahoma City because, again, this isn't really the point of tonight's show. Uh, But you look at places like, oh, I don't know, Chicago. These are all blue cities if you want to take the political angle to this. So the context of this is when they find that gun crimes or gun violence is worse in conservative states, it's because of blue cities. So they don't always tell the truth, or they simply cut out cities like Los Angeles or New York City to make it seem more damning politically. In the same way, the USA Today is telling us to start our year off with some really Good news, I guess. Bad news. Good news if you hate guns, because this can justify convincing people to get rid of their guns. 6,000 children and teens injured or killed in shootings. That's a lot. But once again, just like with heat waves and people that die in cold temperatures, what is the context? Most people that die in heat waves and extreme cold weather are homeless, or they make stupid decisions, they get into bad situations, and they die. 6,000 children and teens, are they getting into bad situations? Well, in places like Chicago, children are routinely shot every weekend. Is it because somebody was legally owning and operating a firearm, or was it because of drugs and gangs? That's usually what it's caused by. But the whole point of me bringing this up is 6,000 children and teens injured or killed in shootings. That is quite a bit, no doubt, about it. But... Children are harmed by something else at a much higher rate. 6,000 kids. It's a lot of kids. But where are our priorities? Because according to the Centers for Disease Control, you know, the holy grail of medical and scientific knowledge, I bow at the altar, I kneel at the altar of the Centers for Disease Control personally. So I'm here to tell you that based on what the CDC is telling me, childhood obesity in the United States that's childhood obesity in the United States, affects almost 15 million children. For children and adolescents aged 2 to 19, the most recent data shows the prevalence of obesity was 19.7%. Of all children and adolescents 2 to 19 years of age, that means 14 million children and adolescents in the United States are obese. Obesity prevalence was 12.7 among 2 to 5-year-olds, 20.7 among 6 to 11-year-olds, and 22.2% among 12 to 19-year-olds. Of course, obesity is even higher among Hispanic children, 26.2%. 24.8% for non-Hispanic black children, 16.6% for non-Hispanic white children, and 9% among non-Hispanic Asian children. Asians tend to have the lowest rates of obesity. So what's happening here? The USA Today starts the Newsweek for 2023 with a big headline, a big story, a record number of children 
and kids are injured or killed by gunfire. What does that imply? Well, it implies guns are killing people. Get rid of guns. That's simple. If people are being shot, it's because of guns. Get rid of guns. People aren't shot. Kids are saved. End of discussion. It's that simpleton mindset of, of like, well, if, if this intense storm is caused by climate change and people died in this storm because of climate change, if we stop climate change, we'll stop those people from dying. It's that simple. It's not actually that simple. Most of those kids and teenagers that are shot or injured it happens because of, of gangs. It happens because of drugs. I mean, how many of those teenagers are involved in gangs that get shot? Just because you're 15, 16 and get shot, did it mean that you were an innocent bystander? Which happens a lot in cities that have gun restrictions like Chicago and Baltimore and Washington, D.C. Or was it because you were engaged in some kind of criminal activity? They don't tell you or talk about that. But even so, let's say guns. Let's say guns really did. Guns just got up. Uh, like Petey the Pistol from Family Guy. They got up and kids squeezed them and they made bad guys go away, but then they also killed your friends. Guns killed kids. The guns just got up and killed the kids themselves. They're psychotic. Inanimate objects. Let's say that was true, okay? 6,000 is a whole lot less than 14.7 million. Wouldn't you say? And I'm being serious about this, okay? I'm not trying to be, you know, hyperbolic about it. I'm not, uh, you know, I hope I'm not coming off too aggressive about this. I'm being very serious. Even if 6,000 kids were killed by guns, as if that's my fault for owning a gun, I didn't kill anybody. 14.7 million children and adolescents are affected by obesity. Every single year, the number is growing and growing and growing. We don't even have the data, according to the CDC, for the 2021-2022 period. But we know that people have gotten more obese because of lockdowns and sedentary lifestyles. So you can imagine and you can project that that 19%, 19 19.7% of children and teenagers aged 2 to 19 will be much higher when the new numbers come out. So more than 14 million children... It's 14.7 million now. More than 14 million children are going to be obese. That's almost a quarter of the, of the country. You talk about health care concerns. Almost a quarter of all children in the United States are obese. That's an incredible number. The estimates are by 2025, I think it's like 1 in 2, 50%. I don't know how we're going to get there that quick. It's just an estimate. But even if it's a million kids, it's a whole lot more than 6,000. So I'm only using the gun example to provide context to the obesity example. You might think, why is obesity such a big deal? So some kids are overweight, right? Two to five-year-olds, like my son's range. My son is, well, he's almost five years old. I can't believe it. He's, he's four. And, you know, it's... He's, I guess, normal weight. You could say he's probably a little bit skinnier. But, you know, on average, two to five-year-olds find themselves a little bit overweight compared to what they were maybe 30 years ago. Six to 11-year-olds, a little bit more overweight than they were maybe 20 to 30 years ago. Uh, 12 to 19-year-olds, a lot more overweight. 
as you get older and those lifestyle decisions come back to haunt you, things you didn't even know you were doing because you're two years old, things your parents were deciding for you as you get older, kids are getting more and more obese. So my son is in the normal range, but 12.7% of kids that are my son's age between two and five are obese. 20.7% of six to 11 year olds obese. 22.2%. That's almost a quarter officially. We have to have had, had, uh, had reached, we have to have had at least a 25% marker is what I'm trying to say. Um, within the last two years, we've had to have hit that marker uh, for 12 to 19 year olds for teenagers. 22.2% now it's very likely at about a quarter, about 25% of, of all 12 to 19 year olds in the U S obese. Why does that matter? Well, let's take a look at adult obesity. Adult obesity, 41.9% in the United States. Now, that's, of, that's as of like five years ago, the most recent numbers. Estimates are that within the next period of time when these numbers come out for the CDC, uh, the estimates are we're looking at close to 45, something like that percent. I mean, we're hinging on 50% of U.S. adults being obese. And again, what does that mean? Well, we talk about COVID-19 and RSV and the flu, the triple-demic and how you need your vaccine. But if you're obese, vaccines don't even work. Nature Magazine published an article back in 2020 how obesity could create problems for a COVID vaccine. Researchers fear that vaccines might not be as effective in people who are obese. In fact, according to the article, obesity correlates with a dulled immune response to COVID-19. And vaccines for a handful of other conditions often don't work as well in obese people, suggesting that a shot for COVID-19 might not provide as much protection as researchers would like. We already know they don't provide protection and prevent you from getting the disease or the illness or whatever you want to call it to begin with. For obese people, it doesn't do anything. might actually make you sicker. So why does obesity matter? Why are 6,000 kids and teenagers being injured or killed by guns? Why is that the number one big story that we all need to think about? First major story from the USA Today for 2023 as the week begins. Meanwhile, we have about half of all adults fitting into the obesity category. We have roughly 20% of the entire child and adolescent age range, 2 to 19, fitting into the obesity category. That means about half of adults are obese and close to a quarter of all children are obese. Shouldn't that take up precedent over 6,000 kids being shot? 6,000 kids and teenagers being shot? Again, what's the context to even that? Gangs, drugs, not allowing people to own guns legally, letting gangs roam the streets, not prosecuting crimes, etc. Fatherless homes, broken homes, young kids go out and do bad things. That's why a lot of them are being shot. That's why a lot of them are being killed. If it's not fentanyl, it's guns through illegal or criminal activity. So 
what about obesity? Obesity causes a lot of problems. Obesity causes, or I should say, a side effect or a symptom of obesity, a result of obesity, is high blood pressure, hypertension, high LDL cholesterol and low HDL cholesterol, high levels of triglycerides, type 2 diabetes, coronary heart disease, stroke, gallbladder disease, osteoarthritis, which is the breakdown of cartilage and bone within a joint, sleep apnea and breathing problems, various types of cancer, and overall low quality of life, bodily pain and difficulty with physical functioning, mental illness, clinical depression, anxiety, mental disorders. Now, if you're overweight by whatever standard, obviously there's an arbitrary marker for what is considered overweight, what is considered underweight. You know, we don't tend to see obesity as, a, as big of a problem as things like anorexia or bulimia. Those are big issues, but obesity isn't really seen as that big of an issue because it's considered fat shaming. But the bottom line is it's, it's science, it's medicine, it's pretty straightforward. And if you're obese and you're overweight, you know that. Tonight's show is not to shame you. Tonight's show is to point out that we as a society have misplaced priorities. And so many people are still worried about SARS-CoV-2. I've got some news on that coming up in the next segment. And yet, while people worry about that, and people worry about gun violence for children and teenagers, the USA Today publishing this big story, obesity affects almost a quarter of all children and almost half of all adults. It's about 20% for kids, 42% for adults. And obesity, I don't believe that type 2 diabetes, heart disease, etc., which are considered like the, the effects of obesity, uh, I, I, they are just part of the same system. It's your body unable to function properly. It, it, you're just sick. Um, but if you are obese, it is more likely that you will see these effects, such as high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, coronary heart disease, Trouble breathing. Don't these seem like problems that are caused by COVID-19? Can't COVID-19 cause heart problems? Can't it cause breathing problems? Can't it cause problems with your blood pressure? Aren't people with type 2 diabetes? We read an article last year on the show where people with type 2 diabetes are said to have either gotten type 2 diabetes or it has been made worse because of COVID-19. So is it COVID-19 or is it obesity? We've even read articles where scientists say COVID-19 causes obesity. No, 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 no. COVID-19 doesn't cause obesity unless you just don't go out and don't do anything and eat terribly and drink and do drugs and you just, you live in goblin mode, if you will. That's what causes obesity. Also, the foods we eat, even if you're eating the same thing that your parents ate, foods are different nowadays, so things change. Obesity is the problem, not COVID-19. Obesity is the problem, not gun violence. Obesity is where we need to be putting our minds. We need to solve this problem. Likewise, when people say, all of these people that I know or people I see in the media and the news are dying from vaccines, they're dying from heart conditions caused by the vaccine, you know, lung conditions or this or that, maybe it's also obesity. Might not be the vaccine either. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. A lot more after this. We're just getting started. Don't go anywhere. 
It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on GroundZero.radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. I don't need it. And for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. I don't need it. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. I definitely don't need it. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. I need it! Your support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. Based on the show statistics, 2022 for The Secret Teachings involved a lot of focus on demons and the apocalypse and the end of the world and the Antichrist and all those fun subjects. But surprisingly, coming in second place from all of the shows that we did last year were shows on health and responsibility. Things that I really don't need to tell you about here on the show anymore. Things that you already probably know. A couple of shows we did last year with Don Lester and David Parker, authors of What Really Makes You Ill, one of my favorite books, providing a different perspective and some context on disease and health in general. You know, you say something like health and people think that you're going to talk to them about how what they're eating is bad and why they don't exercise and yeah, 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 you've heard it before and nag, 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 nag. But that's not what we do here on The Secret Teachings. In fact, we can look at the esoteric or the occult or the historical aspects of eating healthy. In fact, in sympathetic magic, magicians tend to not eat meat and they tend to abstain from a lot of different kinds of foods. In fact, When you look at Egypt and Greece and probably Rome, but I know Egypt and Greece for sure, initiates in the mystery schools would abstain from alcohol. They'd abstain from meat. And when they did fast, they usually had honey or something like that. After the fast, though, they ate a lot of vegetables. 
uh, and they ate a lot of grains and seeds and nuts and things like this, believing that these things would make it easier to connect with the divine. I feel that a good psychic, like a good psychic practitioner, will tell you the same thing, that it's easier to tap into those abilities if you don't eat animal products. However, tonight's show is not about the esoteric and the occult aspects of food. Tonight's show is about how we have severely misplaced priorities. And a great example of that, a disturbing example of that, is that the new year, new week, first week of 2023, was started by the USA Today by telling the American public how bad they are for owning guns and how a record number of children and teenagers were shot and injured or killed in 2022, according to the nonprofit Gun Violence Archive. The problem with those findings is they only go back nine years. Most of the gun violence is in places that are extremely liberal on their gun policies, even if it is in a red state. The cities are very blue. And what they don't tell you is that most of these children and teenagers that are injured are injured in places like Chicago, where children and even babies routinely are shot as bystanders to gang activity. And they won't tell you, or they just simply omit the fact that a lot of teenagers who are shot are shot because they're involved in the criminal activity. And that also is a byproduct not only of liberal gun policies, it's a product of not having usually fathers in the homes, not having much structure, and so kids tend to do bad things. That's the context they don't provide you to that story. In the same way, when we talked about the cold temperatures and the snow and the blizzards last week, and we looked at how cold temperatures kill a lot more than heat, in fact, millions more every year than heat. And yet, we're told that increasing temperatures because of climate change, it's going to kill a lot of people. But increasing temperatures were actually, it'll, it'll save people because most people who die from exposure die from cold weather. That information is not shared with the public, of course. Last week, we also talked about on those shows how... They estimated 60-something, this was last Thursday's show, 60-something people had died in those winter storms. What they don't tell you is over half of them died in a single city, Buffalo, New York, where they tried to make it seem as if they had the worst snowfall ever. It turns out a Buffalo got four feet of snow, which is not even close to being kind of close to a record. It's routine. They tried to paint the extreme weather or basic, just standard weather for Buffalo as extreme weather, suggesting that because of climate change and this extreme weather, 60 people died across the country. So if we stop climate change, we can stop those 60 people from dying. Great, what do we have to do to stop those 60 people from dying? Well, we have to stop driving and stop living and stop having families. We have to shut down all of our infrastructure. We have to shut down the power. We have to shut down everything. Won't that mean we starve to death? Won't that mean everybody dies? Won't that mean only the toughest are going to survive? Won't that mean pretty much the end of human civilization? They don't tell you that. You don't get that context. In the same way that 
They'll tell you all about 6,000 kids being shot, teenagers being shot, killed, injured. But there's rarely a peep from anybody. I don't care if you're right. I don't care if you're left. I don't care if you're conservative. I don't care if you're liberal. I don't care if you're libertarian, especially libertarians. There's hardly a peep from anybody anywhere about how many children, how many teenagers in the United States every single year become obese or are obese. 19.7% of all kids, children and teenagers, between 2 and 19 years of age, that's 14.7 million total, are obese. Two to five-year-olds, 12.7% of them are obese. Six to 11-year-olds, 20.7 of them are obese. 12 to 19-year-olds, 22.2% of them are obese. That means that as you get older, on average, from two to five, six to 11, 12 to 19, you get more and more obese because it's lifestyle. Even if they're not your choices when you're two years old, it's lifestyle, it's your parents' choices, your guardian's decisions that make you, to be blunt, fatter and fatter and fatter. Less healthy, less healthy, and less healthy. 12 to 19-year-olds in the United States, if you put them all together in a big coliseum, all 12 to 19-year-olds, millions of them, you'd find a quarter of them, roughly, are obese. That is unbelievable. That is disturbing. 19.7% of all between 2 and 19 years of age of all children and teenagers are obese. What happens as you get older, though? What happens when you go from 20 years old to, well... 60s or 70s, you find that 41.9% of all U.S. adults, I don't care if you're black or white, 41.9% are obese. Now, those that are not obese or those that are less obese, let's take a look at those numbers because those numbers are really, really important, really, really significant. For children, it's the same but we're going to look at adults. The obesity prevalence, non-Hispanic black adults, 49.9%, that's half of all non-Hispanic black adults are obese. They have the highest age-adjusted prevalence of obesity. In second place are Hispanic adults, 45.6%. Now for children, it's Slightly different, but pretty much the same idea. It's Hispanic children, 26.2% obese, and black children, non-Hispanic, 24.8% obese. When they become adults, 50% of blacks in the whole country, 13% of the population, half are obese. For Hispanic adults, it's 45.6%. It's actually very sad. You talk about Black Lives Matter, Do those 50% matter? Now, how about non-Hispanic white adults? Non-Hispanic white adults, 41.4%. 
It's a pretty big number. And non-Hispanic Asian adults, 16.1%. For children, again, it's pretty much the same thing. White children, 16.6% are obese. And non-Hispanic Asian children, 9% obese. So Asian children and Asian adults are the least obese when compared with whites, Hispanics, and blacks. Why is that? Is there some kind of a difference, perhaps, between black culture, Hispanic culture, quote, white culture, and Asian culture? I think that there is. It's the same reason why Asian adults, Asian people in general, not only tend to be healthier because of their diets and what they traditionally eat, but they also tend to not necessarily be smarter, but we would perceive them maybe as being smarter when we look at where Asian Americans in particular stand on the overall income bracket, they're in the top percentile of virtually everything. If you factored in Indians, you'd find the same exact thing. Doctors, lawyers, engineers, they make more money, they're healthier, and there are a couple of reasons for that. One, Asian communities and Indian communities, particularly Asian communities, still tend to be much more community and family-oriented. They tend to be more traditional. They tend to be, I don't say this politically, but more conservative. They tend to work harder, and they tend to have better diets. That's the bottom line. That doesn't mean that if you're black or Hispanic, you can't be healthy. doesn't mean if you're white, you can't be healthy. It just means that there's a reason why Asian children and Asian adults tend to have substantially lower rates of obesity, substantially lower rates of all of the major health problems that the rest of us face because of culture, because of diet and lifestyle. And likewise, there's a reason that they have a substantially higher on average income and a substantially higher than average success rate in the real world because of culture and because of diet. Now, there are many other factors, but those are the primary factors. Now, you might think that I'm saying black adults and Hispanic adults don't have a culture, that they have poor diets. Well, it's a tricky subject now, isn't it? Certainly black people have a culture. Certainly Hispanic people have a culture. Certainly white people have a culture. But that's being really, really narrow-minded to just say black people have culture and white people have culture. Let's kind of break it down like this. 50% of black adults are obese. Now, do you think that's because they're, quote, genetically predisposed? Or do you think that's because Asian people tend to eat rice and vegetables and limited amounts of meat? and a lot of seafood, and black adults tend to eat a lot of fried, greasy, brown foods. In the same way that white adults and Hispanic adults tend to eat the same thing. That's why white adults, Hispanic adults, and black adults are between 40 to 50% obese, and why that number drops off by more than half for Asian adults at 16%. 
there's uh, there's a 20 plus percent difference between Asian adults and white, Hispanic and black adults. Why is that diet, culture, customs, tradition, etc.? So this is a very important piece of information. You talk about equity, you talk about equality, you talk about Black Lives Matter. This should be at the forefront of every one of those movements. Addressing the issue of obesity. Now, you're not going to do much addressing adult obesity, but you could do a lot more, be a lot more successful addressing childhood obesity. Because those two to five-year-olds who are on average about... About 13% of two to five-year-olds, which is a huge percentage when you think about it, two to five-year-olds are just, I mean, maybe kids are a little chunky, but, you know, they're running around, they're playing, they're always active, and usually kids are not eating terribly. 13%, roughly, 12.7 specifically, are obese. And as they get older, six to 11-year-olds are 20.7%. And as they get older, 12 to 19-year-olds are 22.2%. There's a problem here. Now, part of the problem is not a result of if you're listening to this show and you're obese, you're unhealthy, or you have children or you know children that are obese or unhealthy. This is not a blame game. I'm not here to blame you. I'm not here to blame people you know. I'm not here to blame the child. It's not my place to put blame on anything or anybody. What I'm simply doing is trying to provide some perspective and some context to our health concerns because they seem to have ballooned in the last three years. Everybody's so concerned about health. The bottom line is this. Obesity, when you are obese, and the younger you're obese and the longer you're obese from being very young, maybe that's two, three, four, or five, up until adulthood, the more likely it is that you'll develop one, two, three, four, five, or more of these conditions. High blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, coronary heart disease, stroke, gallbladder disease, osteoarthritis, sleep apnea, cancer, depression, anxiety, and mental disorders, body pain, which is inflammation, and just an overall low quality of life. If you're already obese, you already know these things. You might think, I don't need to listen to this. He's shaming me. I don't need to listen to this. He's an a-hole. No, I'm coming to you tonight with this information to not only provide information that I think is important to obtain context on our overall obsession with health, especially in the last three years, but I'm coming to you sincerely with information that I think can be life-saving. Instead of being terrified of a virus, instead of being terrified of a vaccine, what you should be terrified of is obesity. If, I, I'm not saying be scared of something, but if you were going to be scared of a virus that has like a 99.99% survival rating, if you're going to, be, and this is just the mainline narrative, if you're going to be scared of, of a vaccine, which certainly not everybody that takes it develops some kind of you know, neurological condition or heart problem or dies, a lot of athletes have, uh, a lot of celebrities have, a lot of people you probably know have. Certainly, vaccines can cause terrible things to happen. Neurological damage, swelling of the heart, myocarditis, pericarditis, and we're just talking about mRNA shots. We're not talking about the classical thimerosal and aluminum and MSG and 
all of the all of the other ingredients. I can't even think of more off the top of my head. Uh, the propylene glycol is one of them, I think. And that, that that's one of those issues where when COVID-19 became the term that was on everybody's tongue, everybody who was sick was suddenly sick from COVID-19. You know, if you inhaled some dust, you were scared to sneeze. <gasps> Might be COVID-19. People are going to think, people are going to think I got... I got COVID-19. It's like, you okay? Yeah, I just can't sneeze or people are going to think I'm sick. It's like you inhale dust. Your body is sneezing because it's trying to blow that material out of the body. That's what the mucus and the snot is for. It's for trapping particles and then it runs out and it's getting rid of that crap. Sneezing is not a virus's way of controlling your body and controlling its reproduction. That is the most asinine, ludicrous. If a doctor tells you that, they should have their license revoked. It is a basic response that your body has to getting rid of something that's not supposed to be there. It's like if you get a splinter, right? And I guess depending on the the, the type of splinter, metal, wood, etc., depending on where it is and how big it is, Usually, if you don't get it, your body will push it out eventually. That's what a sneeze is. It's pushing that stuff out. And if you don't get it out, you don't take care of yourself, or you just get hit with a lot of crap and crud over a short period of time, then you might get what they call, quote, sick. So you get a runny nose, you get coughing, you get a little little mucus in your throat. That's your body gathering things up and then getting rid of them. That's what diarrhea is. That's what sneezing is. And you can say, well, these can be dangerous things, right? If you have too much diarrhea, you could be dehydrated. Yes, but but just generally speaking, sneezing and coughing and diarrhea, these are things your body does to get rid of toxins. It's a detox process. So when COVID-19 became the thing that everybody said was responsible, or SARS-CoV-2, the quote, virus, that was responsible for every single element you had. It undermined, from the very start, medicine, science, and common sense. People were not, quote, diagnosed for things that, if they were diagnosed for them, maybe like certain kinds of cancers, they could have been saved. I do know people personally who... Their family members died because they either were not, quote, properly diagnosed for cancer or they were diagnosed, but doctors wouldn't help them because of COVID-19. How about all the people that were neglected by the medical system because of, well, we can't really treat the cancer or anything else right now, and we can't really do any analysis to see if anything else is wrong with you. It's just all COVID-19. One of the greatest Cases of medical malpractice and millions are responsible and guilty of it, ever. And in the same way that everything was COVID-19, once the vaccines rolled out, people started saying the same thing. Everybody who's sick and dying, they're dying because, or they're sick because of the vaccine. But that's not true either, is it? Does that mean that Vaccines can't cause myocarditis or pericarditis? No, it doesn't mean that. Of course they can. It's not even a debatable thing. Johnson & Johnson was pulled because of blood clots, although I think 
That's because Johnson & Johnson was non-mRNA, and they wanted to make it seem like non-mRNA was dangerous and mRNA wasn't dangerous. But the point is, most people that were quote-unquote sick during the quote pandemic, how, how do you know you were sick with SARS-CoV-2? What if that wasn't a thing? You would have just gone about gone on about your lives with the flu or the cold or whatever. Same thing with vaccines. Without vaccines, people still died of heart attacks. But now with COVID-19, you're dying of a heart attack, but you tested positive for COVID. So you're actually dying of COVID, not a heart attack. With the vaccines, you died of a heart attack, but you also were vaccinated. So you must have died because of the vaccine. That doesn't mean the vaccine can't cause heart damage. It doesn't mean the vaccine can't cause these problems. I've got at least eight pages of side effects for BNT162B2 for Pfizer. I've got the copy here. I know that it causes adverse events, lots of them. Just dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. But not every single person who has a heart attack is dying from a virus and they're not dying also from a vaccine. How do I know that? I know that because 40% roughly of Americans are overweight. When they tell you, and I said this at the very beginning, when they tell you that black Americans in particular are more at risk for COVID-19, I did a show where I talked to you about how, well, in black communities, they tend to have poor quality diets. That's not all because of income. Not all black people are poor, despite what white liberals tell you or what white liberals imply. There are just as many poor white people as there are poor black or Hispanic people. Point is, though, Black Americans are more susceptible to quote-unquote COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2 because of the symptom complexes and the way that they define it. So if you're already obese, you're already susceptible to coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, stroke, sleep apnea, problems breathing, cancer, depression, anxiety, bodily pain, inflammation, high blood pressure, things that in one way, in one shape or another, or combined together have been blamed on SARS-CoV-2. So if you look at the CDC statistics, 50%, it's 49.9% technically, 49.9%, about half of all black Americans are obese, which means that without any virus, you're already susceptible to high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, coronary heart uh, heart disease, um, sleep apnea, breathing problems, depression, anxiety, cancer, and you name it. Breathing problems and heart problems Aren't those supposed to be two of the symptoms of COVID-19? Wasn't that supposed to be the big one? Trouble breathing? No wonder black Americans are more susceptible to COVID-19. They're not more susceptible to COVID-19. They're more susceptible to obesity. They're not really more susceptible to obesity. That's not accurate either. They're more susceptible to nothing, really. To culture, perhaps. They just are more obese on average. And because they're more obese on average in America, they're going to get sicker. And that's going to be blamed on COVID-19. More black Americans with COVID-19. Black Americans are affected more by COVID-19. It must be a racial issue. It couldn't be lifestyle and diet. You might say, well, racial issues and lifestyle and diet, that can all be part of the same thing, right? Well, perhaps, I guess you could argue that, but you know, not all black people are poor. I don't think black people are just inherently poor like white liberals do. So I don't think that's really a good argument. You know who else is affected harshly by COVID-19? Hispanics. 
white people. You know what I don't understand is when doctors tell us that vaccines are, here's the flu vaccine, 16% effective in 2022. If you bought a car and the salesman said your brakes will work 16 of 100 times, you're going to drive the car? 16% of the time sounds like 84% failure. And 16% effective at doing what? How can you quantify that? We're going to look more at obesity when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. We're also going to look at the Chinese COVID-19 model, the suppression of protests, and the World Health Organization saying that China needs to go back into lockdowns. More after this. I'm Ryan Gable. Stay with us. It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. From the occult and theology to history and the paranormal, The Secret Teachings Radio Show brings you that and more Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking to learn more in 2023, then look no further than books from The Secret Teachings. The technological elixir explores UFOs, artificial intelligence, and demonic contracts in the entertainment industry. Liberty Shrugged is an illuminating and nonpartisan look into American history, focusing on natural law, slavery, and the war for independence. Food philosophy is not a diet book, but it does help alleviate confusion over food industry propaganda with specific focus on bizarre ingredients that are put into your foods. And Occult Arcana is a compendium of esoteric wisdom, from theology and sympathetic magic to witchcraft, voodoo, and the origins of holidays. Get physical and digital copies of these books only at www.thesecretteachings.info. And remember, all physical books also come with a digital copy as well. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio and for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. Your support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is Laura. I'm from Las Vegas, and I listen to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable because he never fails to provide us with great information from various topics on which he's done extensive and thorough research to back him. Thank you for all that you do and all your hard work, Ryan, and thank you for sharing it with the rest of us. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Why else would you show up with that thing on your back just three days before President Business is going to use the crackle to end the world? President Business is going to end the world? But he's such a good guy. And Octan, they make good stuff. Music, dairy products, coffee, TV shows, surveillance systems, all history books, voting machines. Wait a minute. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. Think about your hero. When you're at ground zero And call up to the fall Back to me 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Year in and year out, we are told by the Centers for Disease Control that the flu vaccine, I remember this back in 2013, I actually remember where I was, I was in Orlando doing a show in a small studio of a friend of mine, Nick Cariotti, some of you might remember Nick, and we talked about it, we actually played the clip from CNN of a doctor saying the flu vaccine was 16% effective. Well... 2022, the flu vaccine was also 16% effective. They haven't made many strides since 2013. Still 16% effective. Most of us would say that would mean 84% ineffective. I don't know, maybe I just like to play around with numbers and distort facts. But if you bought a car and the car only worked 16% of the time, you wouldn't say that car for sale if you were selling it, car for sale works 16% of the time. Nobody's going to buy it. If you just bought that car, you're going to be really upset. The brakes only work 16 out of 100 times. You're going you're gonna to take, take that bet. You're going to take those odds. Now, it's 84% failure. But this is how things are distorted. One of the simplest examples of how things are altered and changed, how narratives are changed how things are put into the memory hole. The vaccine's not 84% ineffective. It's 16% effective. And even so, 16% effective at doing what? How can you quantify a healthy person who's not sick, giving them a vaccine, and the determining that the vaccine helped them to not be sick still? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, likewise, you could just say, okay, someone, take the same person who's healthy, and we slapped him in the face. And according to the study, 16% of people that were slapped in the face didn't get the flu. Slapping somebody in the face was 16% effective in preventing the flu. In effect, the flu vaccine is totally worthless. But it is a cash cow for the industry. 16% effective is 84% ineffective, period. I want to share something with you that is a developing story out of China. The New York Times reported back in December, about two weeks ago, that China has gone from a zero COVID policy to having no COVID plan at all, at least officially. The New York Times called it China's pandemic U-turn. Now, why did they put themselves in this position where they don't have a COVID policy suddenly? Aren't they the leader in COVID policies? Isn't Klaus Schwab the most impressed with the Chinese model? China just doesn't have a plan anymore? Maybe the no-plan model is part of the zero-COVID model. Maybe because people were protesting, coming out of their homes, 
turning barricades over, not going to work, not being productive slaves for the CCP, maybe the Chinese Communist Party said, if we pretend like there is no zero COVID policy, and we tell people, as they did, that the virus really isn't as bad as we had said it was, people will calm down and go home. And when people calmed down and started to go home, there still might be protests there today. I don't know. I'm not in China. We see very little out of China, officially and unofficially. But as people started to, generally speaking, go home, the New York Times ran this article, from zero COVID to no plan. China has no plan now. No, no, they have a plan. It's coerce and sing lullabies to their people to make them feel as if they've been heard. Their voices have been heard. Oh, you think you're like Americans. You have a right to protest. Keep protesting. We'll tell you eventually that COVID-19 is a real threat which the Chinese have now told their people it's not as big of a threat as we had originally said, just like they did with all those diseases back in the early 50s, like I've documented here on my show and in my books, Liberty Shrugged and the Technological Elixir. They lied about bio-attacks on China and diseases spreading in 1952 in Beijing, wasted a bunch of chemicals and medical supplies, forced people to get vaccines, quarantined people, locked people down, forced people to wear masks, and then they admitted it was all made up, it was all fake. It's a big psychological experiment. Those were the early years of Mao and the communist rule. Now the Chinese said, okay, since you're protesting, you win. No more COVID-19, zero tolerance policy. We just don't have a plan now. Go home. It's over. That's what the New York Times is reporting. That's what China is officially doing. But something else is happening. I want you to see if you can catch this little nugget of information here. According to the Associated Press, on the very same day that the New York Times reported that Zero COVID has turned into no plan at all. The World Health Organization made an announcement. The World Health Organization said, we are, quote, very concerned about rising reports of severe coronavirus disease across China after the country largely abandoned its zero COVID policy. The World Health Organization warned that its lagging vaccination rate could result in large numbers of vulnerable people getting infected. So let's think about that for a second. Lots of protests, some of the worst protests in the last 75 years. China says, no more zero COVID policy. We just don't have a plan now. It's not as bad as we said, go home. When people turn their backs, the World Health Organization immediately said, hold on a second. If you let things go back to normal, there could be more coronavirus disease spread across China. Do you catch what's happening there? Maybe you noticed something else that happened way before this New York Times article was posted. When there was all that protesting, China had a plan. 
Their plan was to say, we no longer have a plan. But they have a plan. Reuters reported a report from Shanghai back in December on the 6th of 2022. This was two weeks roughly before the New York Times article and the Associated Press story. China medical expert says COVID has mutated, should be renamed. China should change its official name for COVID-19 to reflect the virus's mutation, and patients with light symptoms should be allowed to quarantine at home. That's according to a leading authority on traditional Chinese medicine. Let's look at all of that together now. On December 6th, coming off of and still in the middle of very violent and aggressive nonstop protests, China's government realized people probably aren't going to stop. So we need a new plan. COVID-19, zero COVID policy, and lockdowns and quarantines for COVID-19. People are done with this stuff. So Chinese medical experts said, since COVID is mutated, we should rename it. So let's say they renamed it. I'm just going to make something up. Let's say they renamed it. Um, think of a, I'm trying to think of what was that one? Oh, Ihu. Remember the Ihu variant? The Ihu variant, which was like um, uh, in the dictionary, I think it's defined as like a variant of, of Jesus Christ. It's like, I called it the Antichrist variant. So let's say they just, they said one of these mutations was Ihu, okay? So since you can't enforce lockdowns and quarantines and all that on people because they're protesting and they're done in the name of COVID-19, if you change the name to Ihu, suddenly everybody will go home because, oh, it's a new virus or it's a new version of COVID-19. We're done playing pandemic with COVID-19, but if you call it something else, COVID-20, then we'll go home. That's what the Chinese medical community was saying. People will go home, in essence. People will stop protesting. People will stop resisting if you just change the name of it. It's that simple. COVID-19 becomes COVID-20, and suddenly the protest ends. A couple weeks later, zero COVID policy to no plan policy. But changing the name of the virus or the disease is part of the plan. And as soon as the Chinese said, we don't have any plan, everybody go home, it's okay, no big deal. You can quarantine at home, it's not that severe. The Associated Press ran a report, World Health Organization concerned about severe COVID in China. They're letting people go and do whatever they want to do. They're letting people with light symptoms stay home. In essence, to summarize, China was trying to deal with all of the extreme resistance and protest to COVID-19 policies. So they said, let's just change the name. Because if we change it to COVID-20, people will allow us to continue to do what we're doing because it'll be justified under a totally different thing that they haven't been fed up with yet. And then China says, that's actually not our plan. We have no plan. No more zero COVID. We just have no plan. If you're having light symptoms, just stay home. It'll be okay. We're not going to force you to do anything. And then the World Health Organization, which is just part of the technocratic biotechnocracy, let's call it, the biotechnocracy of China, 
The WHO steps in and says, actually, there's a lot of issues we're having with severe COVID now that they've dropped their zero COVID policy. Do you see that all of this is a scam? It's just like 16% effective. They say the flu vaccines are. You mean 84% ineffective. China has no policy for COVID anymore. And that's causing concern for the World Health Organization. No, they have a policy. It's to pretend like they're concerned with the new variant instead of the old COVID. Out with the old COVID, in with the new COVID. COVID COVID-20's here. You have to quarantine again, folks. You have to put your masks on again, folks. That's what's happening in China. You see the pattern there? See how it works? Now let's take a look at what's happening in the United States. This is also a New York Times article. This is only from a week ago. The Last Holdouts. That's the name of the article. Now this article, I want you to pay attention. This article describes a person who I'm pretty sure is made up. I don't think that this is a real person. Bitsy Cherry. Maybe that's a username or a screen name, but Bitsy Cherry. It talks about, in this article, how Bitsy Cherry has been very concerned about having to go back into the real world. And how it's kind of strange and odd how people want to go back into the real world when they could be made sick or they could make other people sick. This article is like some kind of psychological or psychologically traumatizing um, hit piece. It says, Bitsy Cherry had been bracing for the question ever since most of the members of a board game group that had started meeting online during the pandemic began attending in-person meetings a few months ago. The name of this article, The Last Holdouts. Like many of the dwindling group of Americans still taking precautions, such as masking indoors and limiting face-to-face interactions, Cherry, who uses gender-neutral courtesy titles and pronouns, is that important to the story? Again, I doubt that their name's actually Bitsy Cherry. They had been feeling nudges to return to pre-COVID routines from all corners. Doctors' offices have dropped mask protocols. Encouraged uh, this encouraged Cherry to come in for a physical exam. Uh, they encouraged Cherry to come in for a physical exam. Cherry was very upset about this. I can't come into a doctor's office without a mask mandate. Not that they can't wear a mask. Just the doctors weren't forcing others to wear masks. So they felt threatened that they were asked to come in for a physical examination to a physical doctor's office that didn't have a physical, I'll force you to wear a mask or you can't be a human being and interact with other people policy. Friends suggested repeatedly that gathering on the porch might be safe enough. And there was President Joe Biden who who made a remark on 60 Minutes on CBS that the pandemic was over. But when the board game organizer finally asked this month if Cherry was ready to go back to gathering on the Cornell University campus in Ithaca, New York, Cherry fumbled for an answer. The online gaming groups on Saturday afternoons had become a key social outlet for Cherry, who remained largely confined at home with the person named Nathaniel Nerode. Or what I, again, I don't even know if these people are real people. Cherry's partner since March 2020 because of an autoimmune disorder that raises the risk of a severe outcome from COVID-19. Okay, I'm not going to read you the rest of the article. I just, that's the first three paragraphs of the article, the last holdouts. This is what's happening in, in, in the United States. Because doctors aren't forcing people to wear masks anymore, 
because the president said the pandemic is over. I mean, these are medical professionals and I mean, my God, the president of the world, the executive authority over everything, Congress, the Supreme Court, everything, the king even said that it's over. People like Bitsy Cherry are still scared. Why are they scared? Because they've been traumatized. They've been terrorized. They've been beaten into submission. They've literally been muzzled. They've literally chosen to stay at home because they are too afraid to leave their houses. They're too afraid to leave their homes. That's a very, very sad thing. They don't even listen to the medical experts anymore. They don't even listen to the president that they probably voted for anymore. And did you notice that in this story, one of the key pieces of information was that Cherry uses gender-neutral courtesy titles and pronouns, and Cherry has a partner. Anybody else find that kind of dehumanizing? Because at no point in this story have we learned who Cherry is. It's just an, an anonymous name of somebody who is mad because their board game group that meets online wants to have real in-person board game again, board gaming again. And they said that meeting on the weekend digitally was a cornerstone of their social life to play board games on Saturday night. I got no problem with playing board games. I love board games. And I got no problem with spending a Saturday night like that. But did you also notice that this is Cornell University? This is a prestigious Ivy League school. Just three paragraphs of this article. Have you noticed anything peculiar outside of what I've said so far? You have an anonymous person who's named after a cherry. We don't even know if that's the person's real name. Probably not because they go by gender neutral pronouns. They use gender neutral courtesy titles. A person who you can imagine probably voted for Joe Biden. But they don't even trust Joe Biden when he says the pandemic's over. A person who said trust the science and trust the doctors who don't even trust doctors anymore because they dropped their mask protocols. A person who apparently attends an Ivy League school didn't know how to respond when their board game organizer asked them to come back and play a board game in person. Cherry fumbled for an answer. Oh, the online gaming group Afternoons on Saturday was a key social outlet. They're confined at home because with their partner, Nathaniel Nerode, well, they have autoimmune problems. And if they go and play board games in person, they could get sick and die. Now, It's pretty dangerous to speculate, but danger is my middle name. I'm going to speculate. I'm going to say that one of two things is happening here. Uh, Maybe three things, but one of two things is happening here. Number one, Cherry and Nathaniel, or Cherry and Narod, these are either two women who are overweight and obese and very sick and have quote-unquote autoimmune diseases because of drugs and alcohol and lifestyle choices, And you know what, to be fair to them, maybe they have a problem that is, you know, just, it's just naturally there. 
wasn't a lifestyle decision. It's just naturally there, genetically or something. Maybe they do, okay? But likewise, what's, what's probably happening here, uh, what makes more sense, what's, what's more likely, okay, is that these are the kinds of people that have been abused and traumatized since they were young. They disagree with the traditional gender norms and traditional social standards, so they're probably living in goblin mode. They're probably obese, and they're either two women or they're two men. And if they're two men, it's likely that the autoimmune disorder is probably HIV, which is the main, uh, I mean, indicating factor in the people that had monkeypox. If you've got HIV, if you're having gay sex, monkeypox is going to get you. So it's likely that they're either two obese women or they're two, maybe they're obese, maybe they're not men, having gay sex. They have, quote, autoimmune disorders because of that and other problems, all the drugs that they're on to fight the HIV. They have social anxiety. They've been traumatized and terrorized and abused. They're basically victims of Munchauser by proxy. They're victims of Stockholm Syndrome, and they don't want to leave the dungeon. That's what's happening here. Okay? The other thing that could be happening here is people like Nathaniel Narod and this other person, Bitsy Cherry, which these have to be fake names, is that they don't even exist. This is just a totally fictitious story. And considering that it's the New York Times, there's a good chance it's probably a totally fictitious story. But I had to share it with you. Because... In China, as people have protested weeks and weeks and months and months toward the end of last year, China had to make a decision. China could either go out like the old days and just execute people on the street, send the Red Guards out, start chopping people to pieces. Probably wouldn't do very well in the international media. They have to keep up that image that they're, uh, they're the Republic of China. So Chinese medical experts say, COVID-19 is mutated. We should change the name of it. Now, there's no indication of what the name is, but let's say they call it the IHU variant, which is a real variant. Or let's say they call it COVID-20. Now they can justify lockdowns and masking and vaccines and quarantines and spraying chemicals on the street and not letting you buy food because of COVID-20. You can't say, I'm not participating in this anymore. I'm not going to do this zero COVID policy anymore for COVID-19. They say this isn't for COVID-19. This is for COVID-20. Get back in your house. And then how many months or years does it take for the people to get fed up with COVID-20? How many people are smart enough, hopefully a lot of Chinese people, to recognize the name doesn't mean anything? Those words don't mean anything. You can say that you believe in equality and justice, and you, you can say that you believe in freedom, liberty. Those words don't mean anything. What are the actions that are being taken? Same for COVID-20 as for COVID-19. And then China says, we don't have any policy anymore. We got, we got rid of our zero COVID policy. And the New York Times ran a big article on the, was this the 21st of December? From zero COVID to no plan behind China's pandemic U-turn. Well, no, they have a plan. It's to change the name of the, of the, of the, of the so-called disease. And the same day that was announced, the Associated Press and the World Health Organization says, well, they're very concerned over reports of severe COVID in China due to what? Well, 
Let's read the first paragraph. The head of the World Health Organization said the agency is very concerned about rising reports of severe coronavirus disease across China after the country largely abandoned its zero COVID policy, warning that its lagging vaccination rate could result in large numbers of vulnerable people getting infected because they abandoned their zero COVID policy. That's why it's happening. So here comes the WHO to bolster and to strengthen the CCP. Here comes the WHO to strengthen the CCP. And then in the United States, you have either people that are made up and fake or people that are brainwashed, traumatized, abused, victims of Stockholm Syndrome, Munchauser by proxy, drugged, tortured, you name it, that somehow go to Cornell University. They have gender-neutral courtesy titles and pronouns we don't even know who these people are. They're totally anonymous who are terrified of having to go play board games on Saturday afternoon because they could get sick. That's like the equivalent of the puppy dog and the hot chocolate therapy for the people at Harvard. And uh, was it Harvard and other major universities like was it Princeton? Maybe I know it was Harvard for sure. When Donald Trump was elected, oh, puppy dog therapy and hot chocolate therapy. And oh, we can have crayon therapy. That's how weak people are. You know, I saw, I sent a picture of this to my friend, Mike D. I saw a guy at the store, literally, literally dressed like Tigger. I saw another guy at the store who literally was dressed like an elf. The only difference was he was using like a My Little Pony uh, bed sheet as part of his elf costume. He literally had elf shoes on. This isn't Halloween. This is every single day I see things like this. I'm, I'm, I've started taking pictures of it. Ryan, people can wear whatever they want to wear. Sure, they can wear whatever they want to wear. I don't care if somebody dresses like Tigger. I don't care if someone dresses like a freaking elf. I think people should have more respect for themselves, and I think that people should handle themselves professionally in all settings. But the problem I have with it is I look at these people, and I see people that are traumatized. I see people that are abused. I see people that are victims. I see victims that have been given this virtue signal card. They've been beaten and abused and tortured and maimed. And then they're given this little magical wand to wave around. I have power. Look at me. I have power because I wore a Tigger costume. I'm cool. I'm in charge. Same kind of people that we read in this New York Times article. People that are scared to leave their homes. They don't want to play board games in person at Cornell. They'd rather do it online on Saturday evenings. That's their key social event because they have an autoimmune disorder. Another article from the New York Times. Which virus is it this time? New Yorkers are sick of being sick. It's a really interesting article. Because it says, talking about a guy named Sean Merriman, or Merriam, said he's been walking around with a stuffy nose and a mysterious cough, but it's not COVID. He tests regularly. It's not the flu. He recovered from that. So what could it be? The culprit could be RSV. The New York Times says it could be anything, really. Could be anything. Maybe it's the sun. Maybe it's the weather change. Maybe it's your diet. Maybe it's a bodily detox. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More on this 
when we come back from break. Don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss our final segment tonight. From Ground Zero to the Secret Teachings, keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on GroundZero.radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player, or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to the secret teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's the secret teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. This is David John Oates from ReverseSpeech.com. You are listening to The Secret Teaching with Ron Gable. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. So what do we know so far tonight? We know that in early December 2022, China was trying to figure out a way to stop all of the protesting. One of the ways they decided to do that, they announced in early December that they might just change the name of COVID to something else. So you're not protesting COVID-19 anymore. There is no COVID-19. It's now another disease. They can justify the draconian measures as a result. We know that right after that, on the 21st of December, just a few weeks ago, China openly stated that they don't have their zero COVID policy in place anymore. They actually don't have any plan, despite the fact that going back two weeks before that, they had said that they're just going to change the name of the virus or the disease so they can justify continuing to do what they were doing under the policy known as zero COVID. Very, very deceptive. Then the CCP didn't have to make that acknowledgement, didn't have to make that statement. Instead, the World Health Organization came out on December 21st and said, because of the abandonment of the zero COVID policy, we're very concerned, quote unquote, about rising reports of severe coronavirus disease across China. In the United States, we know that there are characters, the New York Times tells us, 
There are people that go to Cornell University, for example. They use gender-neutral courtesy titles and pronouns, and they're terrified to go back to play board games at the university campus because, well, they have a partner because they're gay, we can assume, and because of an autoimmune uh, disorder disease that they suffer from. Their partner, Nathaniel Nerode, is at home suffering because other people won't take a vaccine. Bitsy Cherry, the person who doesn't want to go back on campus to play board games in person, was left speechless when they were asked by a board game organizer, do you want to come back and play board games? They were left speechless. They didn't know what to do. They, quote, fumbled for an answer. I found that upsetting. I've been worried in the back of my mind the whole time. When are they going to decide they don't want to do this anymore? And thus, the New York Times says, these people are the last holdouts. The last line of defense against coronavirus. The people that don't even listen to doctors or the president or the CDC anymore. The people that just keep on pretending like they're in some kind of zombie movie. But they're the heroes because remember, everything naughty is nice and everything nice is naughty. If you're mentally ill, if you're brainwashed, then not only are you a good person, but you're a virtuous person. I mean, this is what governments do. This is what psychotic governments do. This is what communists do. You mentally retard people and then you exploit other people who they're not stupid they're smart so you misdirect or redirect their enthusiasm and you use that enthusiasm and then you use the mentally retarded people that you've retarded that you've made incompetent that you've made incapable of having an individual free thought you use these people to destroy society You use the newly directed rebels to tear down the normal in society. You introduce a new normal. That's when the retarded people take over. The ones that you've retarded, the ones that you've brain damaged with your Munchausen by proxy. The ones that are afraid to go play a board game because they're going to get sick. Because we're supposed to wear masks forever. Because that's what Beijing told us in 1952 you got to wear these masks forever. We also know a few other things. According to an article from Insider, I thought this was really weird, eight infectious diseases made a comeback in 2022 unexpectedly. They say illness could surge in 2023 as well. 2022 was a banner year for infectious diseases, according to Insider and Yahoo News and many others. Why? Well, due to a wide web of complex factors. We've seen monkeypox, that they've renamed mpox. We've seen cholera, polio, and measles all turn up in places where they hadn't been seen in years or ever. Polio reemerged in the United States and the UK after nearly a decade of no cases, paralyzing at least one unvaccinated New Yorker. They have to let you know that They're unvaccinated. However, you might note 
the beginning of that sentence. Polio reemerged in the United States and the United Kingdom, paralyzing at least one unvaccinated New Yorker. Okay, polio can be caused by a lot of different things. Polio can be caused by exposure to chemicals, herbicides, pesticides, insecticides. Polio could be caused by chemicals and metals in the water. Polio could be caused by, well, injecting those kinds of things into your body. So let's say you have one New Yorker who's, quote, unvaccinated. How do you define vaccinated? Because the last time I checked, if you get one vaccine, you're not fully vaccinated. So that one New Yorker could have gotten the one vaccine, got really sick and decided I'm not getting another, and then became paralyzed as a result. And then polio is the diagnosis. But it's not because they're vaccinated. Again, really important to recognize you can get one vaccine and not be officially vaccinated. And there are plenty of other people, according to this story, who were diagnosed with polio in 2022 in the U.S. and in the U.K. Very abnormal for the developed world. It's chemicals, toxic heavy metals, and things that you inject into your body. One unvaccinated New Yorker was paralyzed. How many vaccines did they get, though? Did they get two, but they didn't get the booster, so they're not technically vaccinated? Did they get a vaccine, and they got really sick and decided, I'm not getting a second vaccine? Then they were diagnosed with polio. And the polio, which was caused by the vaccine, isn't blamed on the vaccine because they weren't fully vaccinated. You see how reality can be that easily distorted? And beside all that, one person unvaccinated who got polio? What about all the other people? Were they all unvaccinated or was just one person quote-unquote unvaccinated? Were there any people who took zero COVID-19 shots who kept living the way they've always lived, healthy, let's say, eating right and exercising, trying to detox from heavy metals and chemicals, who did get polio? That's the important question. The article goes on to talk about polio to talk about how polio, a deadly virus that used to disable hundreds of thousands of children a year in the early 20th century, now only circulates in Pakistan and Afghanistan these days, thanks to near-universal vaccination that extends to almost every corner of the world. That is, except for that weird thing from the Associated Press that says more polio causes, or caused, or cases rather, caused by vaccine than by wild virus. Oh, that's confusing, isn't it? So polio, this is according to Insider and Yahoo News and all these other websites that you know just shared these articles. It says polio, a deadly virus that used to disable hundreds of thousands of children a year in the 20th century, now only circulates in Pakistan and Afghanistan. Well, it, it circulates elsewhere. They just might not have healthcare systems that, that monitor it. Certainly people in the United States are still, I guess, coming down with polio, but it's not because of a virus. Polio now, according to the Associated Press, more than three years ago, polio cases now caused by the vaccine. The headline, more polio cases now caused by vaccine than by wild virus. Why? Because, well, those vaccines contain 
things that make you very sick. Neurological disorders, that's in the official Pfizer, BioNTech, mRNA, vaccine, adverse event list, neurological problems, prions disease, neurological, muscular. You think maybe that could be polio? All right, besides polio, we have a lot of other things here. We have an invasive group of type A strep throat. Uh, The infection, they say, that causes scarlet fever, according to the CDC. No deaths recorded statewide. And how are they going to treat this? Well, with one of many different antibiotics, including amoxicillin and cephalexin, which means more good bacteria murdered, more space for bad bacteria to grow, more leaky gut, more digestive problems, more bowel disease, more problems that, well, will probably attribute to some other disease that are caused by the antibiotics. The list goes on. Measles. Measles is spreading fast among unvaccinated children. 32 have been hospitalized. You call that fast? 14.7 million kids are obese. You know what obesity is associated with directly? Type 2 diabetes, heart disease, a breakdown of the cartilage and the bone within your joints, chronic inflammation, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, inability to breathe, sleep apnea. 32 kids, though, got the measles. So what exactly is the measles? If you're interested in any of this stuff, I don't make any money off this, but I'd highly recommend what really makes you ill with Don Lester and David Parker. They will uh, explain this in, in great detail, what, what causes these diseases. But measles is a, is a viral respiratory illness. And uh, this is the measles. It's a fever. General malaise, which is one of the side effects of COVID-19, we're told, or the symptoms of SARS-CoV-2. Uh, and a cough. Those are the, the three main symptoms. Fever, malaise, and a cough. Okay, doesn't sound too severe. Well, maybe if a baby gets it, it's very severe. Okay, well, what, what are the other factors and the reason that these kids are sick? What are the other factors? Look at these kids. They have rashes on their face. I mean, could it be lotions? Could it be irritants, chemicals, something that the mom is eating, drugs? Could be a lot of things. If you look at the measles, you look at Ebola, you look at pretty much anything. They're all the same set of symptoms. There's very few things that have distinct symptom complexes. I mean, polio is one of them. I mean, what, what traditionally, what has um, um, leprosy been caused by? Leprosy has been caused by people that put things like mercury on their skin in lotions and salves. That's what caused leprosy in the, well, in the, the 16th, 17th, 18th century at least. Leprosy was caused by chemicals that people put in their skin. Their skin fell off. That's measles. Uh, And then impox. Impox. Uh, You get little dots on your face. This guy looks like he has a pimple. Matt Ford said he had at least 25 painful monkeypox lesions on his body at once. Here's one of the painful lesions. It's a microscopic dot that they have to zoom in on his already zoomed in face to even see. 
It looks like a scab from when you get a pimple. Not saying they can't be painful, but why does your body normally welt up, swell up, and turn red like that when it's irritated? Pull a hair out, pop a pimple, when your body's trying to get rid of something toxic. When you're really sick, your lymph nodes swell up. You can get bumps all over your body. That can happen from chemicals. That can happen from laundry detergent. That can happen from food. That can happen from stress and anxiety. I know that for a fact because when I get stressed and anxious, my skin gets even drier than it already is in dry, uh, you know, uh, like if it's really cold out right now, it's very dry. My skin's pretty dry. If I'm anxious and stressed, my skin basically goes to psoriasis. Nothing helps to stop it because it's not caused by something that lotion's going to fix. It's caused by stress and anxiety. Now, things are a little more complex than that, but generally speaking, all these diseases that are supposed to have spread, monkeypox, measles, polio. You think maybe some of them could be attributed to things like widespread vaccination? Just a thought. Does that mean everybody who's sick is sick because of a vaccine? Absolutely not. And that's the thing that really gets me. When COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2 came on the scene, everything was a result of SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19. Every cough, every sniffle, every time you breathed dust in and sneezed, it was actually COVID-19 hiding in the dust. Everything became COVID-19. So we declared a war on COVID-19, just like a war on drugs, a war on poverty, a war on crime, a war on education, a war on homelessness, a war on terrorism, and so on and so forth. A war on COVID-19. Or what did King Charles say? King Charles said a war like footing for climate change. Very similar things, remember? I've said this many times on the show, so I apologize if it gets old. But SARS-CoV-2 is basically scaffolding for CO2. CO2 is in SARS-CoV-2. CO2. Don't leave your house and don't uncover your face because you could get people sick and what you're breathing is very dangerous. What are you breathing? Well, dangerous viruses. It's coming out in your breath. SARS-CoV-2. Don't leave your house. We don't have enough energy. We don't have enough resources. Stay home. Don't have children. Reduce your carbon emissions. Don't breathe. Why? Because you're breathing CO2, which is dangerous to other people and to the environment. It's a quick bait and switch. COVID-19 was a beta test. SARS-CoV-2, CO2. Lockdowns for SARS-CoV-2 and masks. Lockdowns for climate change. Not masks, but, well, the mask is a little more invasive. Uh, It just means you don't get to drive, you don't get to have a family, you don't get to have power, you don't get to have food, you don't get to have any of that stuff. You can eat bugs if you want, but pretty much uh, just die. War-like footing, says King Charles. It's war. We declared a war on COVID-19. War, war, war. And people weren't diagnosed with other diseases. People weren't able to get medical treatment. People died of loneliness. People died of things that could have been prevented. People didn't get to see their loved ones in their final days. Families totally ripped apart, still even, 
ripped apart because one person wouldn't wear a mask or take a vaccine. And even if you would take a vaccine, if you liked Donald Trump, my God, you're never allowed to come over to mom and dad's house again. Or the other way around. Let's not blame moms and dads. You're not allowed to come over to your son or daughter's house anymore. They don't want anything to do with you because you old conservative people. You're the reason there's so many racists. Even though black support was, uh, I think, at like, it was like a 10% increase during the midterms for Republicans. Black people, you know, vote more for conservatives than you think. Uh, white liberals think they own black people, but that's a separate story for a separate show. The point is, what we've learned tonight about China and what we've learned tonight about the Munchauser by proxy and, and the, uh, the beta attitude, uh, the slave attitude, uh, the hide in your house and never leave again attitude, stuff we talked about, the, the, the New York Times, the last holdouts, the people that just, they're, they're holding on to the line. They're trying to stop this virus, but it's taking over everything. Even though doctors said it's okay, they don't want to come out of their homes. The doctors are stupid now. They don't know anything just leave it to the people with, well, gender-neutral pronouns. They're the ones that understand what's going on. This is mass mental illness. And then eight infectious diseases, including monkeypox, polio, cholera, etc. Well, cholera, we've known for a long time, is caused by fecal material in your water, or something like that in your water. Polio is caused by chemicals and heavy metals, and that can include vaccines, sure. And monkeypox, the CDC and the WHO even said it was caused because of, well, Things like bacteria and gay sex. So if you're not having gay sex and you're not drinking poop water and you're not using vaccines or you're not at least attempting to expose yourself to chemicals and metals or you're detoxing from that, you should be good from, from most of the 2022 uh, banner year of infectious diseases. Besides, it still doesn't make any sense how the number one cause of polio in the world right now is polio vaccines. And that's according to the Associated Press. That article is yet to be taken down. So we know all that. Let's do a U-turn here and go back to the beginning of tonight's show. I told you that there was a new weight loss drug. This weight loss drug is called terzapatide. Terzapatide. It's not been approved yet, but soon it'll be approved. Along with other drugs like Wagavi, which sounds like a sweetener, and Saxinda, or Saxinda, Saxinda. Terzapatide, they estimate from the Bank of America and others like on uh, Wall Street an, uh, analysts, connect uh, the company Nova Nordisk, tens of billions of dollars a year. They say this could be, this terzapatide could be the biggest selling weight loss drug of all time. But it's very expensive. So let me just ask you this question. If, let's say, and I'm sure it's a very small number of people who actually do believe this, but let's say you are into weight loss drugs. It's going to be very expensive to get your hands on these kinds of weight loss drugs. Why not just spend your money on eating right? They always say eating right is expensive. Eating right is not expensive. Like I'll give you an example. I made lentil loaf last week. Lentil loaf consists of one cup of green or brown lentils, the big ones that mush once you cook them long enough. You take those lentils out of the water after they're kind of mushy or if the water boils down, 
strain them a little bit, put them in a bowl, let them cool down so when you touch them, you don't burn yourself. Then you want to add some salt and some pepper, maybe some paprika, whatever you choose, maybe some Italian seasoning. Then all you want to do is you can cut them up fresh or you can just add them from a can or add them, you know, cans aren't always the healthiest thing, but you want to add them from a can or a frozen bag of veggies is a good start. Go to Trader Joe's, go to Sprouts, go anywhere basically. I mean, Walmart has frozen vegetables. Uh, go with the corn, peas, green beans, carrots, something you put in the meatloaf and just dump those frozen veggies right into those mushy lentils. Personally, I'd add a half a cup of flour. I use chickpea flour. You could use wheat flour. I can't eat wheat myself, but put chickpea flour in there and just mix it up. So I just mix it up and it'll eventually have kind of a ground beef uh, feel to it. Kind of moist, but not totally wet. You just put that in a loaf pan. And if you want to use your own ketchup, put ketchup on top. Personally, I make my own ketchup. I just take a one jar of tomato paste. I put like a little tiny bit of vinegar in there. I eyeball it. Little salt, little pepper. And then I just put that on top. Just take a little tiny brush and brush it on top of that lentil loaf. Put it into the oven. 375 for an hour. Check it as the time goes on. Usually what will happen is the outside of that, that uh, uh, of the, where the ketchup is there on the outside of the loaf kind of starts to blacken. Just put a fork down in the middle. Like when you're checking brownies, if you get a lot of stuff on it, when it comes up, it needs to cook a little longer. You can also cut a little slit in the top so that it gets down in there and cooks easier, uh, quicker. Cook it, and when it comes out, you should be able to take it out of the pan or leave it in the pan, and you've got lentil loaf. Very simple, very cheap. You know how much a cup of lentils is? You can buy organic lentils, like I'm talking pocket change. you got a whole lentil loaf there. I literally made my lentil loaf. I made a bunch of them, actually, because I love these things. I'll I'll eat a whole lentil loaf at once. A cup of lentils and like two cups, maybe, of how how many you want, depends, I guess, uh, of frozen vegetables, like, a bag of frozen vegetables, organic, is like $3. You can make a whole lentil loaf. You make two of these things for like 5 bucks, maybe. For the whole family. And then mashed potatoes. Potatoes are cheap as hell. So eating, eating healthy is not expensive, but buying drugs like terzapatide is expensive. And everybody's different, right? So, you know, you might need to consult a nutritionist. You might need to get blood work done. See what you're missing. What do you need in your diet? What do you need to be healthier? I don't know what's going to make you healthier, but I know that terzapatide isn't going to do it. I also know that 14.7 million children and adolescents, 2 to 19 years old, 19.7% of all 2 to 19 year olds, that's 14.7 million children and adolescents, are obese. 12.7% for 2 to 5 year olds, 20.7% for 6 to 11-year-olds, 22.2% for 12 to 19-year-olds. Hispanic children have it the worst. Black children are second. White children are third. And Asian children are fourth. And the discrepancy between Hispanic, black, white, and Asian is a difference between single and double digits. Asian children are under double digits for obesity. The older you get, the more obese you become. If that's what was happening to you as a child, that's what will happen to you as a teenager and as an adult. 
And that's why in the United States, 41.9% of American adults, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, 41.9% are obese. For black adults, it's 49.9%. You know, it's also 40% of all abortions in the United States are also black babies. From less than 7% of the population, black women are 7%, less than 7% are pregnant at any given time, and they account for 40% of all abortions. 50% of black adults are obese. 24.8% of black children are obese. A quarter of black children are obese. Half of black adults are obese. Where is Black Lives Matter? Hispanic adults, 45.6%. Hispanic, uh, non-Hispanic white adults, 41.4%. And then the number drops off substantially. Non-Hispanic Asian adults, 16.1%. And the obesity prevalence, young adults, 39.8%, 20 to 39 years old, 44.3%, 40 to 59 and 41.5% age 60 and older. These numbers are generated from the most recent data point, I think 2017 to 2020 for the childhood obesity, 2017 for the adult obesity, and that includes uh, the profiles as well. So the new numbers, when you factor in the COVID-19 response, And the drug abuse and the alcoholism and the stress and the anxiety and the worry and the poor eating and also the experimental drugs that people are taking, people are going to get a lot more obese, even without COVID-19 factoring into that equation. That's a conquered people is what you're looking at there. You see people dressed in Tigger outfits and dressed like elves at the store like I've seen in the last week. Those are people that have been conquered. They want to be governed harder. They're either sadists or masochists, or they're both. And the reason obesity is a big problem is because, well, obesity, if you're obese, you're more likely to have type 2 diabetes, coronary heart disease, gallbladder disease, have a stroke, osteoarthritis, the breakdown of cartilage in the bone with a joint, sleep apnea and breathing problems, cancer, low quality of life, anxiety, depression, mental disorders, bodily pain, chronic inflammation, problems with just doing basic day-to-day things, high HD, uh, LDL cholesterol, low HDL cholesterol, high blood pressure, and, well, all causes of death and mortality. You notice that breathing problems and heart problems are two things in the, that are blamed on COVID-19. People die from obesity, and they're said to die of COVID-19. And then likewise, people die from obesity, and then they're said to die from a vaccine. Or you don't have to be obese to be unhealthy. Heart disease is still the leading cause of death. 1,600 people on average a day in the United States. Black, white, green, purple, yellow, doesn't matter. Heart attack, heart attack, heart attack, heart attack, heart attack, dead, 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 dead. There's no memorial for those people. There's another statistic, another brick in the wall. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Hope that you enjoyed tonight's broadcast. I'm not trying to bring you down, man. I'm just trying to provide you some context. And I'm trying to provide you some information that I think will better you in the new year. www.thesecretteachings.info That's the website. Please subscribe. Please buy a book. Please support what we do. If you can't subscribe, if you can't buy a book, no problem. Thank you for listening to the show. You can also listen for free in our free archive on the website or anywhere else you listen to shows or podcasts. 
You have to listen to those monetized ads, but those ads are how we get paid. Won't cost you anything, but if you listen to the free show there as well, you help us out in that way too. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Don't be afraid, be informed. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast.